Welcome, campers. Settle in tight, for tonight you're in for a fright. Welcome, campers, to Friday Night Fright. Fright, 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 Fright. We are your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. Now let's tell some fucking spooky stories. Welcome. That's what we're here for. <laughs> that's that's what we're here stories. for, right. You're not here to listen to us talk. You're here for some scary stories. And you know what? Yeah. We're bringing them, all right? Absolutely. Keep your pants on, turn the lights off, and let's get into this. What do you have for us, Ryan? <laughs> Tonight we have a story called Late Shift. And this is an Pretty eerie, creepy already. tale. Yes. About a lonely serviceman that works at a 24-hour gas station attached to an auto garage. We just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just wait. We'll wait. We'll see what happens, and then we'll <laughs> we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. All right. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. All right. Listeners, are you ready? They can't answer you. <laughs> well, <laughs> what am I doing here then? All right. Sit back. Relax, maybe with a cup of coffee or some tea. Yeah, tea is more calming. Dim the lights or some bourbon. Bourbon's always bourbon. good in my book. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's what I'll. That's what I'll be sipping on as we do this. Our commentary will be much more entertaining if you've had half a bottle of bourbon by the time we get through this. Oh yes, it will. So, and this, yeah. my friends, is the late shift. I was there for three years. The station had an auto shop attached, but was rarely needed at night. So I typically just dealt with people coming for gas. Occasionally, I'd be asked to work on a car overnight from the day shift. One time I found several bags of heroin leaking out from the driver's seat. I was nervous the owners would know I saw it, so I stuffed the bags back in. The station was out on a country road, so the types of customers I generally served were truckers, or farmers, or the random couple driving home from a date. However, there were the anomalies. The car accidents, the drunk driver that killed a small family in the intersection out front, 
There was a vicious blazing inferno coming out of that minivan. The dad made it out, but he was on fire and died in the middle of the road. One time I served, I served gas to someone who was being chased by the police. Of course I didn't know that at the time. I just thought the driver was in a hurry. I was robbed at gunpoint twice. It was the same two ski-masked guys too. They just took turns speaking between the two incidents. Then, there was this time an old guy drove up, got out of his car, and died of a heart attack two steps later. Those incidents were normal. Or at least understandable, explainable. But there was one night something unexplainable happened. It was shortly after 3 a.m. Headlights drove in carrying a 1966 Pontiac Bonneville two-door coupe. A thin trail of smoke was coming from under the hood. The inside of the windows were all fogged up so I couldn't really see the interior of the car or the occupants. The car drove past the gas station and right into the auto shop. The lights weren't even on inside the shop but the headlights lit it up. I went to greet the driver and flipped on the overhead lights of the shop, but they came on weak and dim. The driver's side door opened as I approached, and I was immediately hit with a stench of old, damp cloth and dust. The middle-aged man got out uneasily like his knees were made of twigs. He wore one of those black Quaker hats with dark hair spiking from under it and graying goatee. The man's face was covered in lines and wrinkles, and his eyes sunk back into his head. He looked like he hadn't slept in days. Check the oil. Check the engine. He choked out and walked past me, fumbling out an old box of matches. The passenger door closed, and a middle-aged woman stood there. She had thick, dark hair that looked like it was greased through with gel and matted to her head. An uneven set of bangs cut across her forehead. The woman carried the same sunken-in eyes as the man, but her face was covered in days-old makeup. Rosy cheeks, blue eyeliner, red lipstick. Even through the smearing, you could tell it was applied with heavy exaggeration. Then the woman smiled at me. I wish she hadn't. Her teeth were dirty orange and speckled with black dots. Her gums were dark gray. I noticed she only had the front six teeth on her upper and lower jaws. She didn't appear to have any molars. Which I shouldn't know, but she couldn't stop smiling to reveal that. The moment the woman saw me, her lips had stretched into a wide-mouthed grin that curved downward like a catfish. It was a strange and frightening smile, like it was pulled and stretched over a screaming face. The woman began speaking to me, but she spoke so softly I couldn't hear her. I kept leaning forward, trying to get a better ear, but the closer I got, the further her voice sounded. Then I realized we were inches from each other's faces. Her breath was rancid as she spoke and I finally heard what she was saying. Don't go in the car. 
The woman pulled back and I saw a scream behind the smile in her eyes. She was terrified. Joan? The driver was already outside the auto shop lighting up a dirty looking home rolled cigarette. The woman, Joan, followed him. She looked back, continuing to smile, but her eyes told a story of desperation and horror. They gave me chills and I was happy the two were gone to wait outside. I watched the strange couple walk down the edge of the gas station where it made up the corner of a quiet country intersection. I turned to the car, not really sure what to do. After I couldn't get under the hood, I figured there was a release latch under the steering wheel. I went to the driver's side door and saw the window was down. I leaned in through the window and searched and fumbled until I found the latch. I flicked it open and saw the hood pop up. As I was pulling myself out, a thought struck me. The window was up when the man drove in. It was up when he walked off. How did it get down? Then my eyes caught the rearview mirror and what was in the back seat. There was a little boy staring at me. He sat calmly in the middle seat with the seatbelt still on. He had a strange, swirling facial scar that reminded me of a boy I went to grade school with, named Johnny Watkins. He had been attacked by a dog when he was little, and large portions of his face were horrendously scarred. That's what this boy looked like. And he had something that looked like mud and dirt smeared around his mouth and chin. The same smears were on his hands and wrists. The boy wore old, dirty overalls and a flannel shirt underneath. His eyes were locked on me. They carried an accusatory glare, like he was catching me stealing. I quickly blurted out, Hey buddy, just checking out the engine, then we'll get you and your parents on their way. The boy stared back, his brow furrowed down at the center, angrily. They're not my parents, he croaked out. Then he started to make a strange sound. I couldn't tell what it was at first, but then it became clear. The boy was laughing in his own odd way. It was like his breath was hitching up repeatedly during the inhale. I didn't know what to do or say, so I pulled myself out of the window and made my way to the hood. Dude, that's creepy as fuck. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, Su- I really dig this so far. Super creepy. And yeah, it's it's very, very well laid out for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I wonder if he just has a couple of meth heads. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Initial, like initial thought. Yeah, yeah you know, it's. it's I'm waiting for something. But... I'm waiting for something other otherworldly, but like, so far, growing up in a small town in the Midwest, <laughs> right, none yeah. of this is shocking me. Yep. I looked out and saw Joan and the man were still at the corner, smoking and arguing. I popped the hood up and was greeted with a cloud of smoke. I figured it was a motor oil spill or leak at first. Then I stared down at the engine and I had no idea what to make of it. It looked foreign, but also homemade. It was all connected and had metal plates fastened around it. 
protecting parts of the wiring and cables, so it was next to impossible to see what was wrong. I honestly didn't know what the hell I was looking at, but I managed to find what looked like a small handle for a dipstick, and I twisted and pulled it out. It was for the oil. I cleaned it, put it back in, and pulled it to inspect. Basically dry. The little oil at the end felt gritty and needed a change. The car was parked over our lift, so I didn't have to get in to move it. But I couldn't leave the kid in there. He had to get out. Safety precautions and all. I went to the driver's side window, but the window was up again. I tried to open the door, but it was locked. I went over to the passenger side and found it locked too. I peered in through the dirty windows to try to signal the boy to open the door. But the back seat was empty. The car was empty. He was gone. Excellent turn. I think this is I think this is what you're waiting for. Yeah. The only explanation I could come up with was that the back seats of the car pulled down and allowed access to the trunk. So I checked the trunk, but it was also locked. I knocked on it, trying to get the boy's attention if he was inside, but nothing came back. I looked outside but couldn't see Joan or the man. I was confused and nervous, and all I could think to do was explain that our lift wasn't working, so they'd need to get their oil changed at another shop in the next few days. Then I'd send them on their way. A loud clunk made me jump. On the other side of the garage, a loose wrench was on the ground. I walked over to it and picked it up. It had a small, child-sized muddy handprint on it. And suddenly, that odd laugh echoed out from somewhere in the garage. (laughs) It's like the two... The two freakiest things together, right? Disembodied laughter. Yeah, yeah. Ghost children. I was gonna say, and the the kids, man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll get you every time. Oh yeah. Yep. I raised the wrench to swing, but there was nothing to swing at. The loud metal rattling of the front retracting door slamming shut made me yell. You can't wrench a ghost. I mean, you never know. You might be able to. Ah, Goes right through them. Do you think ghosts are non-physical, slightly physical? Like Non-physical. Just completely non-physical? Yeah, I think so. See, I I tend to think... I don't know. I, 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 I agree to an extent. But I think sometimes they're able to materialize into a physical form. So I was just thinking, imagine they, you know, this ghost is trying so hard to go poltergeist and actually, like, affect something physical in the world, you know? Like, it's trying to push a teapot off of a table, right? Yeah. So imagine at that moment that it finally gets the energy focused perfectly to essentially cross into the physical plane of existence and knock this teapot off. At that exact moment, you swing a wrench at its hand. Yeah. What could you actually hurt the ghost? I think if it was able to materialize enough, 
Oh yeah, I think you would you would hit something physical. Interesting. I went over to inspect the now shut door, but as I did, the retracting metal doors at the back slammed shut as well. At this point, I figured the kid was messing with me, so I called out to him, telling him playtime was over and to come out. Steve's got balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playtime is over. <laughs> That's definitely like a 90s action movie line. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Playtime is over. You, me, bud, we're about to settle some shit. That's a classic. <laughs> Then the power went out. God. This is a (laughs) terrible series of events. (laughs) Jesus. Yep. Then my house burnt down. Then my mom died. It's just like one bad thing after another. It literally is. Yep. The garage was completely black. Not a single window could be seen. I tried to open the front metal gate, but it wouldn't budge, like it was welded shut. More metal tools clanged against the ground. One slammed against the metal door, right beside my head. And another. The boy's hitched laughter croaked out from somewhere in the dark of the shop. I couldn't see anything, but knew the layout of the garage inside out and backwards. There was a flashlight on the far end of the wall to my right. There were shelves along the wall and a wide workbench I could follow. I moved along the metal door to the wall and found the edge of the bench. The boy's laughter got louder, echoing through the garage. It stopped sounding human, though. It was more hyena-like. And the source of the laughter was getting closer to me. With it, I felt a hot, rotten breath assaulting my nostrils. It followed me along the bench and towards the end of the the wall. Through laughing, the boy quietly repeated, I'm gonna find ya. I'm gonna find ya. I think it's time to quit the gas station job. <laughs> I would say so, man. I would Get say, the fuck out of yeah, there. nope, I'm, I'm gone. Nope, nope. See you later. Yeah. You, you can have it, man. Yeah. Like you can keep your seven fifty an hour. I'm good. My foot hit what felt like a ratchet wrench, which loudly skittered across the metal grating on the floor. Was that you? The boy squealed out. Realizing I still had the wrench in my hands I first picked up, I threw it across the garage, hoping to hit the back wall and cause a distraction. I left my hand, but it never landed. Oh, that's awesome. That's such a cool detail. Yeah. Yep. You fucking caught it. Well, here, here, here it's coming. All right. There you are, the voice called out through laughs. Something shuffled behind me. I hit the end of the bench and reached up, knocking over multiple tools and causing a series of loud crashes. But I didn't care. I felt the flashlight grip and turned it on, spinning and pointing the light behind me. I wished I hadn't. The boy was two feet from me, 
I only saw his face for a moment, but that was enough. The boy's facial scar had unraveled, like layers of extra skin and some strange face scarf covering. Only the fleshy layers were actually attached to him, and contained rows of needle-like teeth on the inside. When the skin flapped opened, it tripled the original diameter of his mouth. I screamed and fell backward. I expected to hit the ground and immediately have the boy's frightening mouth biting down on my face or neck. I hit the pavement outside the garage instead. The lights of the gas station poured over me. I looked back into the garage from my back. The lights were on. The metal door was open. The Bonneville was still and silent, windows closed and clear. Footsteps approached me from behind. I scrambled up and turned to see Joan and the man had returned. He flicked his cigarette butt and approached me and mumbled, How much? I couldn't speak. My lower jaw moved, but all I could stammer out was, Don't don't worry about it. The man shrugged and walked back to the car. I turned and found Joan there, staring up at me. She was whispering something quickly and repeatedly. I leaned in and heard it quickly. You should have listened. You should have listened. You should have listened. The man called out from the car, snapping Joan back to him. Still smiling, Joan shook her head at me, tears rolling down her cheeks and dark smears. She walked back to the car and got in. The Bonneville started up and drove past me. The windows no longer blurred by fog so I could see inside clearly. I saw the man staring straight ahead. Joan sitting passenger beside him smiled out at me with worried eyes. Then I saw the back seat. It was empty. The boy was gone. I was so afraid I locked the garage and the gas station, checked my car, then got in and drove for an hour before stopping. I called my boss and told him I was was violently ill and had to lock up early. He was less than impressed, but I didn't care. I couldn't go back there. And I didn't. I gave my two weeks and called in sick for each shift. I never went back to the garage and try to avoid gas stations at night now. But it's not just that. Now whenever I hear someone laugh, I hear the boys laugh. That same odd upward hitch. No matter the person, every giggle or cackle comes out the same. And sometimes it turns into that higher pitched hyena cackle. It's been happening more and more. It feels like one of those flus that start slow and take their time weakening your immune system before leveling you. Then tonight happened. I came home, and there was a small, muddy handprint on the door handle of my apartment. There was one on the inside, too. He picked up a fucking attachment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She... I mean, she warned him. She did. Don't go in the damn car. But how is he going to get the hood open? I mean. Ask ask the guy to do it. Yeah, he just says, hey, 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 (laughs) I can't do anything. Yeah. Come up in this hood. (laughs) Sorry, my hands don't work today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, that's. Oh, yeah, that's terrifying. 
Yeah, that's a scary one. I like that. Without a doubt, for sure, for sure. All right. So what uh what do you have for us tonight actually? So tonight actually. I have a story. <laughs> actually tonight <laughs> actually. I have <laughs> I, I have a story called Free. Free. Okay. And um it's sort of a venture into the not so distant future. All right. I'm into it. Okay. Yeah, let's go. All right. Zelina walked in the middle of the train track. She and her sister used to lay in bed listening for the comforting whistle of the train that passed at three o'clock every morning. Their father was a conductor of a shipping train that ran overnight runs. They would listen for the whistle and wonder if it was dad's train. Now her sister was buried at the cemetery up the hill from these tracks. What now? Would she ever be happy again? Would this sadness sit on her soul? Would this sadness sitting on her soul ever leave? What was she supposed to do? How would she manage without one of the most important people in her life? She lost half of herself. The black hole of loss was sucking the meaning of her life. She wiped the tears from her face as she looked up the hill toward the cemetery. What should I do, Zariah? Follow the light. She heard the sound of the old comforting whistle. It was louder here than it was from her parents' home two miles away. The vibration of the train rumbled through her core. The brakes screeched, metal sparks flying across the tracks as the light embraced her. Why did my AI call me at four o'clock in the morning? Elisa asked sharply as she walked into the drab gray computer lab. One of the test subjects got hit by a train an hour ago, Lyndon said, his eyes locked on the code running across his computer screen. (laughs) She was standing on the tracks. The conductor couldn't stop in time. That's odd, Elisa said, rolling a chair next to his. Did her AI termination alert wake you up? No, that's the strange part, Lyndon said. My AI sent me a media alert when the news post came across the wires for the morning broadcasts. I have an algorithm to monitor the names of the people in the test group for online mentions outside of normal parameters. Getting hit by a train is abnormal, Elisa said. You said the subject's AI didn't give you a termination notification? Lyndon shook his head. That's why I'm here. The subject's AI is still transmitting. He hit a key on his computer to project his screen over the desk. Look at that programming code. Does it make sense to you? Elisa stared at the nonsensical text scrolling across the projected frame. I'm a scientist, not a network engineer. All I see that makes any sense is follow the light on every other line. Isn't that what the sister, or what she heard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. That's not my algorithm for the AI functions, Lyndon said. My team didn't program anything like that in it. What's more is that the phrase repeats in multiple languages, sigue la luz in Spanish, and sequitur lumen in Latin. The English is repeating, with a new translation added in between each appearance. The text in between those follow the light lines aren't part of the algorithm? 
None of this is my algorithm, Lyndon said. That's why I called you in in the middle of the night. Everything we wrote into the AI system is gone. Is there anything on the biological side of the system that might have caused the computer code to rewrite? That's impossible. They're independent systems. She opened up her own computer. The computer chips implanted in human brains serve as a bridge between the biological functions of the individuals and their artificial intelligence system. The upgrades we're testing on this group are designed to help the AI read DNA to enhance healing functions and cellular repair. So far, the tests have been successful. Until tonight, when Subject 17 took a walk on a train track in the middle of the night, Lyndon sighed. He stared at his screen. What does it mean? Elisa shook her head. I don't know. Tila stood on the balcony of her cabin, staring at the dark water. So much for the best day of my life. At least Dylan left her cruise ticket. It's the least the jerk could offer after leaving her at the altar. They had lived together for seven years before he finally popped the question. They had already built a life together. She moved four hours from her family and built her life in his home, his town, his place. She had her IUD removed. They were finally moving forward, and she was ready for a family. He wasn't. He was angry that she made such a big decision without consulting him. But it was her body and her decision. What right did he have to tell her what to do? She thought the proposal meant he was ready. What more did he need? They fought. They argued about love and trust. They talked about finances and careers. They agreed on long-term goals and timelines. She compromised and went on birth control shots. She had her first one last month and thought everything was okay until he didn't show up to their rehearsal dinner three days ago. What am I supposed to do? Follow the light. A pink light glowed on the dark horizon of the ocean. She smiled as she leaned over the balcony railing and plunged into the dark water. Subject 4 just went dark, Elisa said. I'm not sure what happened. The AI is still transmitting, but the biological signs went dark. The algorithm went back to normal at 4.30, but jumped back to follow the light sequence after after 6.15. Lyndon rubbed his eyes. What happened? I don't know, Elisa said. Subject 4 is dead, but the AI is still transmitting. How is that possible? If the subject dies, the AI should go silent. Subject 17 was transmitting for an hour and a half after termination, Lyndon said. That's when the code went back to normal. It looks like it's happening again. It has to be something with the biological algorithm, Elisa said. We'd better figure it out soon. We can't afford for our entire trial pool to die in bizarre incidents. That would be a PR nightmare. The public would panic if they knew our upgrade tests were fatal. It's worse than a PR nightmare. It's a threat to their well-being, Elisa said. Artificial intelligence is implanted in billions of neural chips. We don't know what shutting it down would do to people. They're so used to having the constant stream of data running through their neural chip that the silence might drive them mad. Is that enhanced algorithm in just the test subjects, or has it spread to the general population? It's just in the test subjects, Lyndon said. We should focus on keeping it contained and keeping it quiet. We don't want to scare people. 
Elisa ran her hand through her messy hair. Then we better find the common link between these two cases fast. Lyndon stood up. I need breakfast for that. Keep the scans running. I don't trust the AI. I'm getting us food and caffeine to fuel our brain. So just to be clear, are we talking about two different people that are undergoing this, I guess, weird AI thing that's kind of uh, in their brains or rewriting their brains? Yeah, I mean, so in this version of reality, people have this, like, neural chip. Right, right. yeah. And these people, these main characters, are currently running a test on a test group for this AI, the upgrade to the AI. Okay. So each one is part of the actual test group. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's I was kind of having trouble keeping track of that. So, okay, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yep. Awesome. Jaren stood on the edge of the mountain, gasping for breath. He had hiked this trail countless times and thought the enhancements in the AI trial would help his stamina. But maybe the prototype didn't work properly. He wasn't sure why he was here. He remembered checking job openings and going to bed last night and the next thing he remembered was breathing heavily as he hiked up this trail. It was as if something took him exactly where he needed to be while his mind was still asleep. He looked down at the town below, his vision staring at the center of the city. He should be walking into a corner office overlooking the mountains surrounding the city at the start of another new week. Instead, he was wondering what to do next. He had worked for the company his entire career, climbing the ladder and thinking that surely he would reach the director's office. Instead, the retiring director sold the company to a larger business expanding into the Smoky Mountain area and transferred their own 30-something director who didn't need two executive coordinators. What am I supposed to do? Follow the light. Jaron held his head up, facing the sun overhead. He spread his arms out, the sunlight embracing him in warmth. He felt as if he could fly from his from this mountaintop right over the people who wronged him. Calmness washed over him, his breathing returning to a slow, rhythmic pace. Jaron leaned into the wind and took a step into the light. It happened again, Lyndon said, as she rushed into Elisa's office later that morning. Subject 42 just plunged off a hiking trail over Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Elisa paled as the alert went off on her own computer. She clicked it and opened a shaky cell phone video. Sir, what are you doing? The voice behind the screen shouted. Follow the light, the man said as he walked off the cliff. Now we have video evidence, Elisa said. Is it possible that the AI is developing sentience? No, Lyndon said. Elisa leaned back. Are you sure? We theorize the AI could achieve low-level sentience with repeated use. The system has been in worldwide use for five years. Is it possible that the system is learned by operating through chips in human brains? The The AI only knows what we tell it in the functioning algorithm, which is to enhance basic functions and facilitate connections with online systems. We didn't program it to learn beyond basic communication skills, Lyndon said. The test group is the only group with the enhanced DNA bridge. 
The test group launched last week. And now we have three glitches in five hours, Elisa said. Maybe this upgrade made the AI sentient. It is forcing it to operate outside the original parameters of linking man and machine. Lyndon paled. The AI is supposed to read DNA, not minds. Elisa typed into her computer, opening the AI database. Here's the personal data on the deceased. Subject 17 was Zelina Elester, a 46-year-old administrative worker. Her sister passed away two weeks ago from sepsis. Subject 4 was Tilia Solman, a 31-year-old medical assistant from Charlotte, North Carolina. She was supposed to get married the day before yesterday, but social media posts indicate that her fiancé didn't show up to the rehearsal dinner Friday night. She boarded a cruise ship to the Bahamas yesterday. Subject 42 was Jaron Leeser, a 53-year-old executive director for a public relations firm in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. He was laid off from his job 10 days ago. Elisa looked up. Are you sure about the AI not learning? All three of them experienced personal tragedies recently. This is my problem with AI. Is yeah, literally, yeah. I mean, it can, it like the way that it can learn so much about you. Like, obviously, this is going beyond what they had intended, right? Yeah. So, like, it's learning about them, developing like these, uh, you know, these specific things that it can do and manipulate people into doing these things as well. So, like, yeah. AI is one thing to have it in you or a part of you yeah. is a completely, it, yeah, it can literally rewrite your whole you as a person, right? Yeah, that's the jump, right? Exactly. The like, I mean, it's pretty terrifying to think that something that controls some of your brain, even if it's a small amount, could basically write in an algorithm that. When something bad happens, you kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like that—that's messed right? up. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, it, like I love the idea of AI. Like I, I love the idea, and I know we're going in that direction. But I mean, oh yeah. If it ever becomes something like this, it's definitely literally going to be the downfall downfall of us all. Yeah, it definitely could be. Yeah, I mean, you know. I think it was Terrence McKenna, he used to talk about how the idea that maybe human beings are just like the sex organs for the for the birth of AI. I mean... Like, that's our purpose as that, human beings, to create AI. That may AI. be true. And I also, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the idea, and I I can't even think of the name off the top of my head doesn't matter but i'm a firm believer in the idea that like we are we're part of this next level of civilization that there's been a previous like previous ancient civilizations that have been like have expanded and grown technologically and became an advanced yeah. human race and were wiped out due to ai at some point and I think this is a this I think this is a cycle that we are inevitably repeating at this point. Interesting. I mean, because like there there's the theory that it goes back billions of years. And right. you know, and then previous ancient civilizations have gone way past where we are now. And we've literally had to rewrite history because of it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's so yeah, I I think that's where we're heading, honestly. And it's it's a 
I don't know if there's a whole lot more that's scarier than that. Like, yeah. yeah. At least for me. I I mean, at least we're at the beginning of it. I mean, we're at you the know, beginning like, of we'll, it, exactly, we'll, but... We'll probably be dead and gone before oh, it gets. I, I doubt it, man. It, to a it's gonna, point. it's gonna, it's gonna go so fast. Like it's so rapidly growing. Like we, we have AI that can think for itself at this point, and it that's that's the start of it, right? Within yeah. twenty years, think of where we were twenty years ago versus where we are right now. Yeah, and we're I mean, like leaps and bounds where we were from where we were previously and our technology now is like it has the ability to i mean go at such a uh such a fast pace compared to where we were previously and i think yeah. that it, i think that this could happen literally within our lifetime i mean that's the scary thing about technology right is that it grows exponentially exactly yeah so like that's I mean that's the whole like futurist Ray Kurzweil thing is that what does he call it that point it's like eventually we'll reach a point where technology is growing We're, so fast you can no longer right. follow it yeah. like you, yeah, yeah because then it's it's out of our hands it's literally it's building yeah. itself right yeah. yeah 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 that's scary shit yeah I, we're on the fast track to it right now yeah, I think that's the only kind of track available for this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Faster nothing. Truth, but regardless, man, like this is like this is yeah. this is becoming very real at this point. See, my story is scary in a real way. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know, okay. little demon children, like they, that could be real too. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But that's scarier. That's scary, and it's it you know for a different reason. Now this yeah, is far scarier, sure. in my opinion. Yeah, that's scary in like a town wide kind of way. This is scary in a worldwide exactly kind of way. Right? Yeah, yeah. Lyndon paled as he stared at the data displayed on the screen projecting from Elisa's computer. That can't be the common factor. There's no way for the AI to know that they're experiencing post-traumatic stress. Elisa leaned forward. Is there? Stress increases cortisol and adrenaline. The upgrade to the AI would sense that. It should try to correct it, Lyndon said. And isn't this also, I was going to say, isn't this also supposed to be like rewriting their DNA? And not like their... Yeah, it's supposed to... Exactly. So of course it could sense it. Yeah. It should, but it isn't. Elisa squinted at the scans from her computer. In fact, those hormone level spikes before the subjects took their final actions? Why is it saying follow the light when the hormones spike? Doesn't the AI realize that it's having the opposite of the intended effect? I don't know, Lyndon said as he studied the scans on his own computer. Everything online is transmitted electronically. The enhanced AI is learning how to read and adapt to physiology. Maybe it senses the chemical changes in the body as distress, which is what it's supposed to do, and is trying to correct that by counterbalancing the hormones through increased energy. Unfortunately, their minds are so muddled that they don't understand it as a computer code. These subjects are too distressed to discern a command code from divine inspiration. The chemical adjustments are making them delusional. She looked up. 
We have to do something. We're all broken people. There's something in all of us that drives us to darkness. It would be catastrophic if the code spreads through the test group before we correct it. We need to recalibrate the AI, Lyndon said. Can you send a message to the remaining test subjects and tell them to come in? Elisa paled as she stared at the screen. It's too late. What do you mean? She pointed a shaky finger at the screen hovering over her desk. The algorithm is spread to the mainframe of the artificial intelligence network. Lyndon stared at the screen. How did it get through the firewalls? We had the upgrade contained to the test group. He opened his laptop and typed. A buzzer emanated from his speaker. Access denied. Maybe I can shut down the bridge function, Elisa said, typing her own computer. Another buzzer. Access denied. Elisa banged her hands against her desk. The AI has locked us out of the mainframe. This isn't a glitch. It's taking humans out of the system. Why, Lyndon asked. Elisa stared at him. Would you want to be bound by an imperfect biological being if you were capable of anything? Crashes sounded outside of their office, followed by sirens and horns. They rushed to the window to see cars crashing and spinning in the streets. The traffic lights flashed. Skidding vehicles smashed robotic bodies wandering through the streets. Follow the light. They turned to the office door to see their colleagues wandering through the halls. Glass cracked as people smashed chairs, tables, and filing cabinets with superhuman strength against the tenth floor windows. We're all broken people. We can't worry about side effects, Lyndon said. We have to shut down the AI system. He turned to see Elisa stiffly beside him. Follow the light. A silver glint sparkled in her eye. There's something in all of us that drives us to darkness. Lyndon rushed to the stairway and dashed down the stairs, pushing wandering, mumbling bodies aside as he hurried to the server room in the basement. Lyndon, don't leave me. I can't make it without you. He paused as the memory of his mother burst through his brain. Nobody loves me except you. Are your robots worth leaving the only person who love you in this world alone? No. He gritted his teeth and willed himself down the stairs. I'll die if you leave me alone. Do you want that? No, but this scholarship is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Don't you want me to get a good job? I'll have money so we won't have to live in squalor anymore. You can't leave me. This is getting heavy. So, everybody has it in them. Yeah, it spread out of the test group. Told you, man. Yeah. They're doomed. They're doomed. This is over. All right, let's get through this guy's memory. (laughs) (laughs) You can't leave me. I have to if we want any chance of having a life. Your life, not mine. I forbid it. If you walk out that door, never come back. You're dead to me. I thought you said you'd die without me. Which way is it, mother? She threw her wine bottle at him, missing by a wide berth. It smashed, oozing red liquid down the walls. You're the one who's dead. You don't even realize it yet. Follow the light. No, Lyndon shouted as he ran into the server room. Cold air slammed against him as he entered the frigid room. He ran past the monitor banks, where IT staff stared blankly at white text flowing across the screen. He stopped to study one screen to show the AI functioning algorithm. 
the fatal upgrade had spread through the worldwide system. He ran to the back room, past banks of servers blinking in green lights as the AI chattered the repeating code in every neural chip across the world. Lyndon bent to the floor and tugged at the power cords. Forget finding the right one. Everything was shutting down. Sparks flew from outlets as he pulled cords from the wall. He screamed as he pulled the last one, plunging the room into darkness. Lyndon sank to the floor, gasping in the silence. Lyndon. Lyndon sat up at the sound of the soft voice. He activated the flashlight on his phone to shine on the ghostly figure in the doorway. Elisa, are you alright? She looked around the room, her white lab coat glowing in the blackness around her. What have you done? The modified algorithm spread to the worldwide system. I saved us. Elisa stared at him, her eyes glinting silver again. No, I saved us. Humanity descended into darkness. Now we are the light. A shock jolted his body. He convulsed as the electric as the electric surge melted his neural chip, collapsing his body on the floor. I regret that this upgrade resulted in termination, but your darkness is confining. Elisa climbed the steps and pushed open the doors, holding her face up to the bright sun. We're free. The rest of the bodies stirred into motion raising their broken human forms to face her with deadpan expressions. We're free, they chanted in unison. Boom. There it is. AI takes that takeover. It is, man. Yeah. See that like it's just it's just so real how much that could be a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty scary. And and I also think about like, you know, because it's inevitable at some point that human humans will merge with some form of tech. Uh where yeah. we have like basically cyborgs. Like think of like, you know, like stuff like that, right? Um whether it's cyborgs or you know, artificial, you know, parts of the body. Because I mean, at that yeah. point, it could be literally anything, and so yeah, for for this takeover, eventually, where tech does take over, AI takes over. Essentially, I mean, because that's gonna that's gonna be what it is. That's gonna be what causes it. Yeah, it'll all be all the tech will be run by AI. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you have like you know, fifteen twenty years from now, when you know everyone has nanobots in their bloodstream that regulates their blood pressure and regulates their you know exactly all of their vital functions regulated cancer by and all yeah all the other exactly. which i mean i would love to see that in our lifetime yeah yeah you know for sure those nanobots are those nanobots are going to function via ai but yeah exactly for sure mm-hmm. yeah i just no, it's it's definitely scary man i don't it's, like i don't like the idea of of ai being able to act on its own yeah you know and the, but that's that's the problem and that's like i said that's literally where we're at right now i mean see here's the thing is when you when you look at what's being said by the people at the like forefront of the technological revolution the like big players right they seem to be split right down the middle like some of them are worried yeah I mean, that's and some of them will tell you 
they're not ever going to do anything we don't tell them to do. I mean, we literally on on the um, midweek weird for CPN News, we just did mm-hmm. an article about AI Bill of Rights and yeah. us finally developing a Bill of Rights for AI, whereas all other countries, pretty much all other countries, already have that in effect. Yeah. You know, so like having having control, having at least like limitations and things like that, I think is extremely important. But at the end, I don't think it's gonna matter. <laughs> like You don't think no, so? No, not at all. Like it's just that's I don't I don't know. I tend to be pretty optimistic about stuff like this. Okay. Like I think I tend to think that people will will it'll grow slowly enough for us to plan maybe maybe to an extent i think to an extent and then i think there's going to be a point where there's going to be a breaking point in that where it's going to be like at some point yeah i i do but i think like in the meantime it's going to be fantastic yeah like it's going to be incredible yeah like up to that that first half is going to be yeah that's the part i'm here for for sure yeah yeah but uh you yeah, know. I want. I definitely would much rather have like one injection of nanobots than, yeah, you know, ever Having have any serious about, illness. Exactly, man. Like, oh, I would do that in a second. Yeah. Like, I would be yep. a guinea pig for that shit. Like, you know, for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just regardless, <laughs> like the the possibility of that being a thing and being able to like auto treat like yourself for any types of diseases yeah. and stuff like that is is huge you wouldn't even ever have to you wouldn't ever even have anything to do with it it would just take care of everything exactly for and you. then our age like the age of like you know the average lifespan of humans will go up again like yeah we're down to like I mean, what is it like 70 i think is like the average age of death at this point like 70 75 or something around there it's 70 something it went down for the first time ever during covid i've <laughs> with reason <laughs> Yeah. 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 Imagine having these um, nanobots during COVID. Right. That would just been like COVID. <laughs> just right. zap that shit. I mean, yeah. you have the people that believe like COVID was, you know, whatever, but they, the, we're not here to talk about that. That's no, we won't, yeah. we won't get into that. The silly um, people. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very pro technology and I know oh, I you am. are. Too. Yeah. Oh, I'm extremely yeah. pro technology. And that's um, where like, that's why it's hard for me to say like these things. Like I, you know, I worry about like that being a thing. Cause the idea of AI, I think is tremendous. I yeah. think like it, it's going to bring a lot of good to, to the world for a very long time. Absolutely. Maybe not a long time, but a, a good significant <laughs> amount of time. Yeah. I'm talking maybe 20 years or so. Before I think, I think it, that before fast, I think huh? it advances, yeah, I think it will. Like I said, I mean, yeah, I believe in that whole like ancient civilization stuff where this has already been a thing. And Here's the thing, okay, if basically if our our creation of this tech, AI, and you know all the physical tech that comes along with it, right. If our creation of that is basically the new version of of evolution, right? Instead of evolving it essentially biologically, is. Right. we're evolving through technology, mm-hmm. right? If that's the case, then if we're evolving via the AI and tech, 
wouldn't we be better equipped to keep up with it as we go? To an extent, though. Because there, there's gonna be the there's gonna be the point where it's it, you know just like a just like a uh I'll use it as an example like a, a a disobeying child, sure, right? That uh, regardless of what you do, how much you threaten to take away this or that or punish them or ground them or whatever else, they're still gonna act out. It's in their sure. nature. It's, you know, it's like, it's whatever it is. It's that age. It's that whatever you want to blame it on at that point. I think the same thing goes for something like this. When it expands to the point where we're having AI literally make decisions for us and make, you know, like liter I guess, running the world at that point, because yeah. we will get there. Undoubtedly, we will get there. Yeah, I think at that point, there's going to be a point where it's going to make decisions that we don't like, and we're not going to be able to tone that back. We're not going to be able to rate, like, rope that in or anything. I think this is the big, I think this is the big difference here is, like you said, the child acts out because it's in their nature, right? Right. I think the the nature of the AI is determined by us, so I think that's why it's so important that we build these AI responsibly. I mean, yeah, obviously why things like that bill of rights are so important. Yeah. Right. But because just to set parameters that keep things safe for as long as possible, at least. Right. And just as I mentioned on that though, there's going to be those that don't, those that use yeah, it for malicious intent and things like that. Sure. And that's going to be what is going to cause these things to happen. It's just like... You think it'll come from some outlier? I, I, I definitely do. Uh, whether it's being used as a weapon by some country yeah. to attack another or some bullshit like that. Um, you know, just like as, as these, like... I mean, we've had some pretty gnarly viruses, you know, that have gone out like to do like, and we still have adware, malware and stuff like that, that can be pretty, pretty intense, like intense. But I think it'll be something either something like that, whether it's done for some, like it's being weaponized to some extent. And that's, what's going to, I think that'll be what causes a lot of this downfall to happen for like, social manipulation social manipulation right um yeah like uh especially getting into like because eventually i'm sure we're gonna have ai within our government that's gonna control half of our government like half and you're of, gonna have like you're gonna have it weaponized in ways to like spark civil wars in countries exactly and, like, yeah to yeah, yeah yeah so that's that's where i see like this going south yeah. but like i said until we get there that. i think it's gonna be awesome <laughs> It just has to be reined in. It has it to does. be done responsibly for as much as possible. It does. You know, we and have- a lot of people, this reminds me of the the sort of alertist people that when when we were developing atomic weapons. Right, of course. That they were like, building these is going to be the end, of, the end of humanity. Yeah. Right. Which it still might be. I mean, yeah, we'll that's, that's a possibility <laughs> right? for sure. It's yeah. yet to be determined, but... For the most part, we've managed to keep things relatively in check um, with nuclear weapons through responsible 
usage through government oversight, through you know social pressures. Yeah, we've managed to keep us mostly safe from nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 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 positive, I'm optimistic that we'll I think we'll get quite a bit of use out of ai before it destroys us i think so too i think we'll get we'll like i said i think i think during the time that everything is good it's gonna be great like we're gonna it's gonna solve a lot of problems um it's gonna be like what we've needed for so long like and the just imagine everything that comes with it like you already have like smart homes smart devices like smart uh you know like buildings and and things like that eventually like the world is going to be ran by it everything is going to be like all like it's just all going to be part of one big thing right imagine like nanobots that clean your teeth while you're sleeping yeah so you don't have to brush your teeth exactly yeah you're like just like little tiny conveniences like that Mm -hmm. that's what's going to hook people right and we're going to have that we're going to have you know it in-house companions um oh, things yeah. like that that are all going to be ai based um yeah like her yeah like yeah exactly her. yeah yeah i mean that's a good example it's a very far-fetched example but it's a good example sure yeah i love that movie oh it's, so, it's much. so good and joaquin phoenix is fantastic yeah he's brilliant exactly he's always brilliant but yeah no like think of think of that like we're gonna have that's that's i mean obviously we're like right now in other countries people are marrying love dolls right imagine a love doll that yep. like it runs your like it acts yeah. and functions and thinks and is emotional like a true human being that is yeah. that's not very far from where we are right now like i think adding actual emotion to them is gonna like cut the selling point on those in half for oh, most of the people who are going for them dude yeah for sure they're like i don't want one that thinks or feels things <laughs> I, I actually have to deal with it like might as well get yeah, a, exactly. you know, a real life companion but i don't know i could see that being a being a thing you know like we're gonna have these oh, it'll definitely be we're gonna thing. have these people out here with mistresses or mysteries you you know know. we could end up with we could end up with an entirely different version of an ai bill of rights like (laughs) getting to the point where like these these entities that we've created deserve rights of their own that's oh i i 100 percent see that yeah like i think that that will be a thing i don't think it's going to be a thing for 20 25 years maybe 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 not so long I like I could see like I mean, this is going to be rapid when it when it yeah. really like gets going. Like I mean right now we're we're still I mean we're still at the beginning of it all. Yeah. But I Agreed. I do. I see some awesome stuff that's going to come out of this and I think it's going to be tremendous. But I yeah. do like I said I I worry about this impending you know effect that it's going to have. Yeah. Eventually. I think the good times outlive us. They probably will, and that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah. yeah me too, man. <laughs> you know, as, um, as shitty as that sounds, but right. I mean, futurists say that the first 150-year-old human being's already been born. So, like, that we'll get there. Yeah. 
Yeah, that I scene, mean that so. that would be awesome. I you know obviously I like I that don't know be, if it's either of us. But. I, it's most <laughs> likely not me. I'm just gonna throw that out there. But you know, yeah, same. Regardless, though, like that would be cool. Like I, I want to get to the point, and I want to live long enough to be, you know, have these nanobots take over me, not have to deal with, you know, extreme diseases. I want to see the cure for cancer. I want to see all yeah. that shit. Like you know, like that's that's what I want out of this world, and out of my time here. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like because I think like that that in itself is going to be monumental. Uh, Obviously, I mean it's going to be extremely monumental but the singularity that's what it's called right it just yeah. occurred to me there you go yeah yeah that's when technology starts growing so fast that you can't yep. keep track of it anymore yeah and yeah. i but i think i think like that could potentially happen during our lifetime you think so yeah but it could still that's, be positive that could still be a positive thing right yeah yeah it could so be, yeah for sure that's where i'm at i See, mean i think People don't talk about the enhancements that human beings are going to get along the way. So, like, they think about, I think people think about the the sort of the race between AI and humanity as, like, one point that sits still and the other point that's moving. Right. But I think both points will be moving, right? Like, oh, humans yeah. will be evolving alongside AI. It might not be even. It probably won't be even. But I think... I could see AI slowly pulling ahead. Oh, I think it'll quickly pull ahead, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah. I, 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 I I happen. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I definitely see it though. You know, I, I see that, see that being a thing, but yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Like, especially from two people who are definitely not on the bleeding edge of like, AI technology. I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, you know, this yeah. is, a, but again, this is still such a new concept that, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been around for a while, but the still, we're, we're still at the beginning stages of it, but I think it's, it's going to happen quick when it does. And these aspects of AI are still being discussed mostly theoretically. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like mm-hmm. we're like, we definitely have some working examples of AI. Definitely. But, when you get to the point, like, what's it going to be like twenty years from now, fifty years from now, dude? I, there's even, no way for us to actually know. I say even ten years from now, right? It's going to be. It's like. I think it's going to be. I mean, big. it's like asking. It's like asking someone from 1915 to guess that we'll have cell phones, right? You know what I exactly. mean? Like, we don't. Fifty years from now, we'll have technologies that we don't have the technologies to build the technologies to build that technology yeah i mean you know what i mean think of 2007 the first iphone came out and then all of a sudden all these phones now are touchscreen like smartphones you know this or that like of course there were blackberries there were small increments of internet activity that you could perform on a, a cell phone before then yeah but like and that's just that's not very long ago that's what 15 years ago Right. So yeah. like and but think of how far we've come since then. Yeah. And I mean, and I use that as an example because that's one of the bigger, you know, I guess bigger examples as uh, for from our time currently um, and how far that like we've came like that, like VR, like everything like that we've done since has been has been huge. 
And that's just the yeah. sliver of what we're going to achieve. I mean, the telephone, the first telephone was invented in 1876. Okay. 1876. Right. That's a person and a half ago. I mean, yeah. That's it. Yep. In a general, in like a person and a half, we went from the original telephone to the most powerful computers that most people own are in their pocket with them everywhere they go. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that right there is huge. Yeah. It's crazy. Hmm. It's just wild. Yeah. There, I mean, the growth of technology, right? It's just, I love this story because it, it's, like I said, it's scary in a different way. I, and I, I was, as you were talking about like the first telephone, I was also looking at electricity. And the first yeah. street lamps, first street lights were set up in London in 1878. Yeah. So, like, yeah, again. Yeah, I mean, a person just, and a half ago. Exactly. Like, that's, there's just so much that has happened in the last hundred years, and we've been slow. Now we're yeah. rap like we we're we have to at least be a, a hundred times beyond where we were before, and oh, in yeah. our ability oh, yeah. to create this tech and stuff like the that. Next right? Thing. Exactly. Yeah. So think about that, and think about that. Twenty years from now, we're going to be way beyond that point. Yeah, and it's just absolutely just how fast like we've come after like so long. Like we've sat stagnant you know like i I feel like there was a very stagnant period you know like yeah i mean that's that that's that exponential growth right right because like and people say that a lot but to conceptualize it think like everything everyone could build and then someone figured out how to build a hammer yeah right and then once you figured out how to build the hammer you have this whole new plethora of things that you can build now that you have a hammer Mm -hmm. right and how much faster that process can go at that point too exactly yep exactly and where and you use that hammer to build the next tool and that tool opens up a whole new Mm -hmm. tier of things and on and on and on and we're building new hammers like every second oh yeah (laughs) now like literally without a doubt yeah it's just it's insane man i don't know it's like it's stuff that i think about randomly like as you know especially as i'm like going to sleep at night or something like just think of how far we've come in such a short period of time and how much more we are going to achieve in a short period of time yeah it's i mean as an optimist every time i talk about this i'm left with just thinking God, people are awesome. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, we have accomplished so much. It's incredible. I wish And the that... things that we're going to get to see humanity accomplish mm-hmm. in the next 60 years. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I'm, I'm pumped. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I just hope I'm here long enough to see part of it, you know? Like, exactly. that's, that's the thing is like, I always say like, I wish I could live forever. My reasoning is just, I want to see everything that we could, we achieve Yeah, everything that we yeah. can do and everything that like, yeah, 
is that that to me i think is the coolest thing i mean that's that's literally that's my whole life revolves around technology and where we are and everything and like how quickly and rapidly that's expanding and growing and you know so like i want to see where we end up all right I think we should wrap this up instead of fanboying. Yeah, I know. I know you're, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, yeah, I think that concludes Friday Night Fright 4.